0: It's time for the truth, and you know you deserve to hear it. Are you ready to hear about world news without the politically correct spin? Are you ready to listen to important national issues that affect you? Are you looking for that extra piece of information to get a deeper look into what is going on in this world? Then stay tuned, because the conservative voice is about to begin. And here's your host, Alex Molusky
1: Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Alex Molusky back for another round on this June 1st, 2019 edition of the Alex Molusky Show. I have a special guest coming on in just a moment. First, I want to tell you what we're talking about this week on the show. We're going to be talking about your election integrity. We're going to be talking about some things that I discussed when I was at a Heritage event this week, and we're probably going to talk about some voting because we have some huge issues and some huge things going on here in the state, in the country, throughout the world. But first... I have a special guest on the show today. Yes, you've heard me talk about affordable housing before as I've been appointed to committees in my past life as a New Jersey resident. But also, I've talked recently and had my guest on the show for Build Us Hope. I told you Build Us Hope was going to Washington, D.C. this coming up week. They were going to be at an Innovative Housing Showcase. It's a five-day event. It starts June 1st. It is going to be on the National Mall in D.C. Well, guess what? I have on my show right now the man who invited them to attend, none other than, yes, wait for it, hear it, Secretary of the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, Dr. Benjamin Carson, Sr. Sir, thank you so much for joining us. I am absolutely delighted to be back with you again. Well, thank you, thank you. And uh, we have a lot of your fans here in Arizona, where I have most of my listening base on some stations I'm not allowed to mention because they're unaffiliated, but they love you. And uh, I, I, I've got to tell you, you're one of the most popular people we know that is serving um, at our president's uh, le- uh, you know request uh, in the United States government. So thank you for your service, sir. And Absolutely. I'm, I'm having you on here today because I want you to discuss a little bit about this great event that you've had planned uh, on the mall on June 1st. Could you please just let people know what it is?
2: Yeah, we're back excited about this uh, housing showcase. This is the first time anything like this has ever been done on the National Mall. But, you know, we're having an affordable housing crisis in our country right now, and uh, we're going to have to address it in a variety of different ways. One of the ways is by looking at new innovative techniques and opening people's minds to new concepts we also have a significant problem with resilience. We have all these tornadoes and hurricanes and floods and things. And uh, what kinds of new techniques are available to prevent damage to give us a, a ability to resist some of those things? So this uh, showcase will address both of those things. There will be things like a 3-D printable house, uh, manufactured housing. Uh, in the case of uh, Build Us Hope, tiny homes some of these tiny homes are absolutely gorgeous i I must say uh and you don't even have to have an intercom in them so you know just look at the bright
1: side of all these things right right and what amazes me also i mean we do know there's a big shortage i mean we're 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 not building enough for the demand out there i I see that uh we need more than three hundred and twenty-five thousand new units each year but we're only building about 244 The great thing about tiny homes and smaller homes is that they cost, in the 3D homes, they cost less than half the price per square foot of a traditional home, but they still also go up in value just as much. So it's a great, great investment.
2: That is a a very good point. The tiny homes and the manufactured homes also. A lot of people think of trailers when they think about manufactured homes, but uh, now we're talking about manufactured homes that look better than site-built homes, cost 30 to 40% less and appreciate just as fast. And one of the reasons that that's so important is because it provides an initial step of ownership for a lot of millennials and first-time home buyers, um, provides that initial step toward accumulation of wealth. And home ownership is the major uh, source of wealth accumulation
1: in the United States. Right. Huge, huge investment. I know plenty of people have said, OK, that's my retirement. You know, folks, there's only so much land. But also to to echo what what the good secretary just said, the quality of these homes. I've seen them. I've been in them and I'm working. I'm, I'm proud to be working with Build Us Hope here in Phoenix. We're doing a phenomenal job. But the quality and the, the you know what? Uh, great, great. Uh, build out, and it's done with such class and such, I mean, listen, folks, we have a great homeless issue here in the United States of America, and sometimes it's not because the person cannot afford to live somewhere, they just can't afford the homes in that area. And I'm sure, yes. And also, it's so important
2: for people to recognize that, you know, this is not the federal government's problem or the state government or the local government, it's everybody's problem including the for-profit society, uh, the non-for-profit section, the faith-based organizations. All of us can solve this problem if we're willing to work at it together.
1: Absolutely. It's a moral issue. It's a moral issue. I mean, folks, let's listen in. You know, I mean, I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's not cheap here. But I'll tell you what, what about the librarian that teaches at the school? What about the EMT that's going to save your life? So somebody educating your kids, saving your life, it might be nice if they're able to live in the area so you're getting quality. Folks, uh, you know. You're making you- a very good point there. And,
2: you know, a lot of that has to do with nimbyism, you know, not in my backyard. Yes, you should do it, but do it somewhere else. But, you know, a lot of that nimbyism is based on um, folklore. You know, they, they think the government's going to come in with a big bucket of money and build this monstrosity that nobody takes care of you know admittedly the government used to do it that way we don't do it any that way anymore now they're much smaller mixed income uh, places that uh, are supported and uh, it makes a huge difference when your firefighters and your policemen and your teachers and your nurses can live there in the neighborhood I think it actually improves the neighborhood
1: yes um, I'll tell you what in my own backyard, which I was proud of when I was working in New Jersey and I was appointed to a affordable housing committee, we had a developer make these very nice townhomes, but they constructed it with some affordable income housing in the midst of the home, of the building. And you couldn't tell what was what based upon how it was designed. And so great, we had our retired teachers who taught for more than 30 years in our school system who was a great addition to our society and you know continuing to be so i mean we're not talking about we're talking about human beings we're talking about good human beings and you know what in every society you're going to get the great athlete you're going to get the you know the good doctors (laughs) who serve Um, you're going to get printers like myself so you're going to get everybody from every walk of life and i i think we make ourselves stronger when we recognize that that you know while we don't necessarily have to put out a handout. I know the good doctor is not about that. We absolutely should be able to lend a hand when needed and absolutely take care of our own
2: creating win-win situations and uh, not allowing ourselves to be captured uh, by the purveyors of of hatred and division who are doing no favors for our country.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to ask you one last question because I know you're a busy man. Unless you want to continue on and add anything else. May I ask you, what is the most misconceived, uh, uh, I guess, option, question, uh, opinion on HUD?
2: Uh, I think probably that we're not getting anything accomplished. And uh, I would just say to people, go to HUD.gov and look under the accomplishment section. And you'll probably drop your jaw. It's just that A lot of times,
1: uh, some of the media doesn't talk about the good things that are being done. Right. Well, maybe it's also the leadership we have there right now that's helping get things done. Sometimes it's good to have somebody who's logical, level headed, and morally with a very straight compass. Sir, thank you so much. It's been a great honor to be able to interview you here on the Alex Molesky Show. I appreciate you very much. A chance to talk to you again. Take, Take care. You too, sir. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's it. That was Dr. Benjamin S. Carson, our secretary there of HUD, doing some great work. We didn't get a big time to get into it. I did not want to keep the uh, good secretary tied up too much because you know he's very busy. He's making the rounds, uh, letting people know about this great event. Go to HUD.gov. Absolutely go there to check out the events. It's going to be right on the National Mall. But HUD does so much. They help you avoid foreclosure if you're having an issue. They can help people with buying a home, home improvements. uh, They actually can grab homes before they get too far um, down the line. Uh, They they pick them up and resell them where the government's not losing money but the homeowner's not losing money and people get a good deal on a home in depressed areas. Uh, They help with senior citizens, homelessness, veterans. Uh, fair lending to make sure you're not getting abused. Plenty more, folks. Uh, discrimination. Housing discrimination happens still, folks, and it shouldn't. They help with disabled. They help with uh, all sorts of different things. Help you search for an apartment in an area if you can't find where it's affordable or not. Uh, you can contact them. You can reach out to them. Just go to hud.gov. It's as easy as my but hud.gov. Check them out. You can learn a lot more about them. And I'm just very grateful. I'm working with uh, the Build Us Hope group. Um, Thank you for Liz uh, and also Tamara who have been working with me on this. But Hope is an outreach and development arm of the Singleton Community Services, which has done a lot of great work on the behalf of the homeless, disabled, and mentally ill. They work with the veterans also, but they're building, as I mentioned in this segment, some gorgeous, gorgeous, Gorgeous homes. You should really check them out. Just type in, just type it in, just type in Build Us Hope Phoenix. They're 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 local. They have a bunch of projects they're already building. I believe one of them is solely maybe for veterans. They got two. They're in Phoenix. Uh, the ability to save money and get a good looking home. Wow. Um, check them out. Some very solid people, and I'm very very grateful to be working with them. Also, thank you. Um, Dr. Carson, Secretary Carson for coming on the show. Uh, As I mentioned, when I was off the air with him, we had some uh, good friends uh, that worked on my campaign when I ran who also worked on his. So a little shout out to them for the Carson folks. So grateful that our president was able to, you know, appoint him and have him accept the appointment to work with the Department of Housing and Urban Development. He's doing some great work. Go to the website, hud.gov. Anyway, we're about to go to break. When we come back, eh, we're going to have a lot more to talk about. But in the meantime, you want to reach me? You want to comment on the interview? You want to ask me questions? You want me to have somebody else on the show? Reach out to me, alexatmolusky.com or alex@cavvet.
0: Don't touch that dial. Alex will be right back. You're listening to The Alex Mollusky Show.
1: Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Alex Mollusky. So grateful to have you here with us. I uh, hope you're enjoying the video that I add on to my radio show. If you are bold enough to listen to the show twice and see it for the first time, you can always go to Mollusky.com. That's M-E-L-U-S-K-E-Y.com and go under the first section on top and go under events and you'll see that the show is posted there weekly. It's very good. You get to see my expressions, which uh, after running into some people at the uh, heritage event that I attended this week, you get to see that they kind of enjoy my expressions because just hearing my voice, I might not be putting enough influx to the, I don't know, the pertinent parts. Sometimes I can be a little bit Smart-alecky, plan words there. Yeah, I can be somewhat sarcastic. And it's easier to get a grasp of how I'm feeling on a certain topic when I make a facial expression. So if I'm saying, oh, wow, that's just great, and I'm rolling my eyes, you get it, right? Anyway, apparently I'm somewhat amusing because of my facial expressions and how I really dig into some candidates. Uh, You know, Bernie Sanders, Alexandria Cortez. Yeah, Ocasio-Cortez, pardon me. All these hyphenations, sometimes I can't keep track of people when their names uh, are somewhat difficult to pronounce. Anyway, let's get back to it. At the Heritage event, there was something that was going on that was being talked about, and I found it rather interesting. It was in regards to the census, the 2020 census. Okay. I sat in on an immigration panel and there were some great, great speakers there, moderated brilliantly. Uh, Andy Biggs was there from CD5, the good congressman. Um, I got a little bit of a beef with him being a little sarcastic, but he'll hear it in a moment. And uh, Joe, big man, head of ICE, wow. You guys know what you're talking about, but there was a topic about the census. In our US Constitution, immigration's not mentioned. Immigration wasn't even mentioned in any laws, any bills, any laws, any real discussions until 1875, nearly 100 years after our original Constitution was untouched and just put out for us and ratified. But what I want to discuss is how we count the votes. We count the votes based on population, not upon citizenry. I think if our founders could think forward and think about what was going on in this country now, today versus 250 years ago, they might say, well, you know what? Uh, We've got to put legal citizens or citizens, not just people. Because they thought that everybody that was coming into the United States of America would want to be a citizen, would want to assimilate, not come here illegally. I mean, come on, a land of opportunity, freedom. A nation that was started and built upon the backs of those pilgrims that came here from religious persecution and with a great understanding from those that were trying to flee the kings and oligarchies that we'd want to have a form of government where we were in control and have the greatest freedoms ever in mankind who wouldn't want to be a part of that well apparently millions don't andy biggs brought up the good point that if we did a real census of american citizens there would be some great redistributions of congressional seats here in the united states of america california i knew would lose at least 10 or seven, but they might lose 10, according to Biggs's numbers. Uh, Wow. This is not considering now this is considering the new census, the 2020 2022 numbers they are expecting. So for those of you that aren't in the know, right now, Arizona has nine congressional seats, we are represented by nine congressmen and women in the House. Now, If we redistrict and count everybody here in the state, we're likely to have 10, if not 11, House seats in 2022. You've heard me on the show. I've mentioned I plan on running in 2022 if things fall into place. If I'm blessed to be in the position to run, if there's an open seat, uh, I I will run for it here in my district. I remind people I'm not running against David Schweiker because, A, I like the guy, and B, I like his policy issues uh, where he stands 99% of the time. So I don't usually go after something that that's good of a grading. You know what I mean? But anyway, getting back to the numbers. So if California would lose 10, Arizona might stay flat. So that was my beef with Biggs. I'm like, no, 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 no. But I'm not going to be selfish. If we could actually count citizens so we would have true citizen representation within our representatives? I'd be game on that. And why shouldn't we have that? If Schwarker decided to stay in the seat that he currently holds in CD6 and there was no new congressional district, who would I be to say I want to run and, and, and travel somewhere else and run in some other district I don't live? Uh-uh, not my style, folks. I'm not a carpetbagger. Call it what you will. I do call it that. If I plan on moving somewhere, you'll know about it and I'll move there. But not to run for an office. I'll move because I want to be there. I'm that kind of a guy, you know, hey, anyway, we would lose a seat or two. But that's okay, because we would be truly representing the people. So here's the gripe, here's the bite, here's the divide. We count everybody that is here in the United States of America, all the people. Why do we do it? Because we're required to do it. We could rewrite the laws, we could have an amendment proposed, we could have a law proposed where we only counted US citizens. I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. And I'll tell you why. Well, the federal government right now pays states gives states money, but I'll repeat that in a different way. They don't give states the money the government's collected for themselves. They return states' monies because I, Alex Molesky, will pay federal income tax and some of that money comes back to my state based upon the number of people that live here. Based upon the number of people that live here. So, of course, the states, Arizona, California in particular, New York and all these states that have Illegal people, they absolutely want in the census, everybody counted. What happens if they don't count everybody? What happens if they only count the citizens? Those states will get less money and less electoral college votes, less representative votes. I'm fine giving up the electoral college votes from Arizona, from California to, you know, states that have a lot of illegals there, New York, whatever. Let them go to the states that are going to vote red. Well, that are going to represent their citizens. That's the fair thing to do. But also, the states in Ar- like Arizona, if we were feeding people that weren't true citizens, weren't legal citizens, we would shout and we might do something about it and we would need to be protected as an individual state republic by our federal government and we might shout at the top of our lungs for them to do something. Did I lose you there? I might have. It's tied together in different pieces. The bottom line is, We need real citizen representation, and the way it's going right now, not working, not working. We're going to go to break, and I might tie that one up in the next segment, all right? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. You're
0: listening to The Alex Molesky Show.
1: Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Alex Moluski. I was just talking about census, the census that's going to be taking place in 2020 uh, for the United States Senate uh, and House. I should say House. Uh, What we do is we figure out where people, the census is taken so we can figure out where people live in the United States of America. And that's important in the world of politics because if we do that with population, it decides where the congressional House seats go. So in other words, if you're a small state like Wyoming and you have about a half million people, you're only getting one representative in the House. They have two U.S. senators, which is smart. So their state is not overlooked, but they only have one House member. California has so many illegals in their state that they're getting probably in 2020, 2022, unless we change things, 10 extra House seats. That means House of Representatives equaling, representing people that are not citizens. Yeah, yep. Supposedly about 7 million illegals or so there. Arizona, we have at least a million, okay? Illegals in our state. New York, Texas, New Jersey, Florida, Chicago, plenty. So the problem is, Right now, we do not have the census question, are you a legal citizen? They want to add that. Andy Biggs believes in the Supreme Court they will allow us to put that on the census. I hope they do. If you're illegal and you're filling it out, it won't get you in trouble. But it lets us know. And here's the reason why it's important. When you're voting, when you go to the polls, you're supposed to be voting for your citizen representation. We need those numbers. Right now, the federal government uses those numbers for many reasons. One of the reasons is also to figure out how much money goes back to the states after they've collected their income taxes. Well, I say... If we go to a formula where we're only returning money to the states that is based upon their citizens, some of the states like California and Arizona are going to cry bloody murder. They're not going to like it. Sure, it's their money they're getting back, their income taxes, but they're not going to like it. But maybe that'll help us tie things down to start doing things following the rule of law. Making people go through the system correctly. Anyway, I hope you're getting that. It's a little tough sometimes to understand because we, by law, have to take in every living person here in the United States in our census. I just want it divided so we have true representation in the House. Make sense? Makes a lot of sense to me. Now, also discuss this. We have E-Verify. You can go online at government sites, type on E-Verify uh, businesses you want to do business with uh, businesses that use E-Verify, you can find them. They're out there. Um, Also, here in the United States of America, don't feel sorry for people that are here illegally. Please don't. They've broken the law. They've broken the law. We have one of the most generous immigration systems in the world. We should be uh, changing our system. I believe we are because right now, 80, 90% of the people that are coming into the United States Legally, I should say, through immigration, uh, many of them are family tag-ons. Meaning, say, we bring in somebody who's an engineer, we want to bring them in, they're great, they're talented, we don't have enough engineers, and they're great. Well, they can have 27 other family members tagged on, added on, and who's to say the system back where they're from is really true and holding true and showing that their, their, their family members are really who they say they are? I don't believe it. So we lose, of the million that we let in each year or so, we, we, we lose 80% of it right to that system. I know they are looking to change the system to a better merit-based quality, meaning younger, higher quality people. Why not? Why wouldn't we? When I say higher quality, I mean somebody who is a benefit to the United States of America, who won't take away jobs from people that are trained to do them, but people that will come in here that are, you know the cream of the crop. Don't we want the best if we can get them in here? And and like I said, doesn't mean people are bad that are here, but they're breaking the law. So aren't they kind of bad if they're here illegally? Yeah, I'd say so. Anyway, um, thanks for letting me rant a little bit on that. Um, yeah, we need economy added value and people that will assimilate. Assimilation is a good word when it comes to supporting the grand old flag supporting the stars and stripes folks to supporting the idea of america and what it means for the people anyway we're going to go to break if you want to reach out to me comments questions you want me to have special guests on here like ben carson's email me alex at cav.vet that's alex at cav.vet we'll be right back after these messages stay tuned for more with alex
0: You're listening to The Alex Molesky Show.
1: Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Alex Molusky, and I am grabbing a sip of water. You can see me do that if you're watching the video. You're hearing me live. You can't see it, but you can go check me out at Molesky.com. Go to the events tab and check that out. Or you can uh, go to RainTree Tree Media Group on Facebook, and I often post the show right there. But go to Molesky.com. You can learn a little bit more about me and my positions when I was running for office. Mm. That's the water. Delicious water. Um I still kept my positions up there on the site, and I will be changing a little bit of the site around very shortly to get rid of some of the uh some of the um some of the logos and things up there because I am not running for office right now, folks. Just being very clear that my intentions are not in this twenty twenty cycle. I am running for everybody else that's running for office, yes. Helping to support all the good candidates that I like here in Arizona to ensure they win. That's what I want. But check out Mollusky.com. Go to the first tab. I think it's under events. It's on the bottom. Alex Mollusky Show. Events tab's on the top. The Alex Mollusky Show's on the bottom of that tab. Making sense? Mm. I think I'm going too fast for my words today. Stuff's just coming out of this head like, hey, great, brilliance. Speaking of brilliance, and I don't know if I'm gonna really uh, okay sarcasm, folks. You, I have to say it sometimes, but if you see my face on my show, you'll see I'm rolling my eyes. Arizona's budget, nearly twelve billion dollars. Wasn't it nine billion just ten years ago? Didn't know the uh, cost uh, that 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 interest rates and expenses if everything have gone up that much. We're a bigger state, folks. I get that bigger population 11.8 billion okay okay probably had about 7 million people here in 20 2008 we're probably closer to 9 million now so i get it or eight point whatever uh okay let me just give you a few things out of the budget that i can tell you some of them no real complaints i know that interstate 17 they're looking to expand between black canyon city and sunset point If you're familiar with that ride from Black Canyon City North on the weekends on Fridays trying to head up to Prescott, I'm shaking my head, folks. It gets crowded. I don't mind that. It's not a bad thing. I know that they're working on the next step of uh, teacher pay, trying to increase it. The 20% by 2020 teacher pay raise plan to be funded. Thank you for the Republicans for passing that and pushing that through last cycle. I uh, don't like the way the methodology of everything went down. I'm going to talk about methodology in a minute with a couple U, uh, House House U.S. House, no, state senators and how they uh, might have approached things with a poor methodology. Bottom line is, do I believe teachers should be paid more? Yes. I love teachers. I'm grateful that we're paying them more. And do I think that it takes too long for them to get their pay raises? Yes. Seems like we always play catch up with our teachers here in Arizona. That's not the right way to do things, is it, folks? No. I think in most things in life, when your expenses are getting higher, when the uh, people around you are getting paid more and it's harder to get teachers, maybe we should be paying them more sooner than later. I'm not a big fan of paying the administrations as much as we're paying but the teachers yes so teachers are getting a pay raise a lot of state employees are going to be getting a pay raise that's okay this one i know the house and senate budgets are being improved folks they're going to be increased uh, senate's going from 10 million to 13 and the house is going to increase from 13.5 million to about 16 million so they're getting about a 15 30% 20% raises in their uh, their budgets and it's mostly for staff for improvements they needed and the per diem expenses for the members meaning travel costs gas costs blah 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 Um, rates go up i get it if you have expenses the expenses are going up so i understand that i don't think that's necessarily a horrible thing you have a larger population you have a greater outreach responsibility If you look at your bills and you understand, folks, that your internet costs go up, usually your website pages go up, whatever it might be. But your travel expenses, the auto mechanic, um, whatever might be directly correlated to the expense of the offices, I get it. Um, I just don't know when the year is that they last increased their budget or if it's keeping the status quo. I know that my representatives don't seem to be spending money wildly, so I'm grateful for that. I just want to make sure that it's not a, whoa, crazy budget increase. Seems kind of high. Seems kind of high, but hey, I'm not going to say it's a bad thing. Now, here's where we get interesting. The budget shrunk for the Secretary of State's office. And I know that Secretary of State Katie Hobbs was not too happy about it. Um, they're taking away 1.3, almost 1.4 million dollars. Uh, and that's what she tweeted from her office. Uh, there was three quarters of a million in the Help America Vote Act funds, which counties have been putting toward election security measures. Well, you know what? One of the expenses we were trying to shrink was early voting, which could easily be manipulated and be fraudulent. I've just met and spoke with Linda Payne from the Election Integrity Project in my offices on Wednesday evening this past week. And trust me, uh, there's a lot of voter fraud. But here's one area where some of this money's been shifted. And I think this is great. Speaking of voter fraud... (laughs) The Attorney General's office received just over half a million dollars for a voter fraud unit. They will investigate election integrity issues. Thank you, Linda Payne. Why am I thanking Linda Payne? Folks, Judicial Watch got the credit for having the state of California purge their voter records, right? get the dead people, get the people voting five times, get the people voting who had moved away off the records. Why did they get the credit? Because they knew they were gonna lose in that state. They knew they were gonna lose. So what did they do? They gave the credit to the big boys. They didn't want everybody to think that a citizens initiative group could have taken care of business, but they did. And Linda Payne handed us the documents, the proof, the work to show us exactly what's going on in California and is now being done in Arizona. So, Mr. Attorney General, if you would like that information, we have it for you to share. Anyway, continuing on, there's going to be people that are going to be brought on to that office for the voter fraud unit, and that should help out a lot. Um, another $20 million is going to go to schools, and this is another good one, folks. It's for the safety grant program. Did you know that we have only one school counselor, one school counselor per every 900 students? not a good ratio if you're going to be in tune with your students so you can stop things, nip stuff in the bud if there's problems, whether it be abuse, whether it be people with a bad mindset, whether it be dangers to our other students. Gosh, guidance counselors in my high school of a thousand students. I think we had three when I was a kid, maybe four. I don't know. But no, that's not enough. You need a place you can go and these kids can go to talk if they need to or with the counselors just to get in touch with the kids. You can't do it with one per 900. That's not enough. All righty, affordable housing, $15 million to the trust fund. That's going to aim to prevent and reduce the homelessness. And that's through affordable housing programs like Build Us Hope. Hey, the tiny home group that I spoke about earlier in the show. Secretary of State Benjamin Carson's project with affordable housing. Yes, smart. Smart, smart, smart. We were only getting about two and a half million uh, a year since 2010. That is a great idea, great, great, great idea. All right, the last one I want to talk about. I'm going to spend a little bit of time here because I also need to talk about um, something else towards the end of the show. Is Heather Carter and Paul Boyer, senators in the state uh, state here in Arizona. They somewhat hijacked the budget process at the end of our year, which just finished. We just got our budget, this budget I'm talking about, close this year. They were stalling and I don't like their methodology. Even if you feel the bill is correct, they were hijacking the rest of the budget just for their bills. I think you could have done it a better way. I really do, I was very unimpressed. I was impressed with your bill, which a lot of people were against, but I was for. That was where people that are victims of abuse, sexual abuse victims, folks, where they don't have the statute of limitations. It's what is it, two, five years? Somebody get me that information. It's not much right now from the time they become an adult. A lot of times people don't have the strength necessarily to come out and talk about an issue or it's been buried so deep in their head and their minds that they haven't come out with it. I know somebody very near and dear to me that was a victim abuse. They were, and it was suppressed. It didn't come out until later in life when they were much more secure. Folks, there shouldn't be a statute on being a victim and being able to come out. Is the burden of proof upon the accuser? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I am not one that is going to tell somebody when they're a victim that they have a limitation on when they can come out and shout about that or go after somebody that really is. Anyway, that's all I want to talk about that. I really wished... Heather Carter and Paul Boyer could have gone about it in a different way. Not impressed with that methodology, but I am impressed with the bill. And if anybody has a problem with that, with me saying that somebody should have time to come out and deal with their problems at their own pace after they've been a victim, if you have a problem with that? Tough. Tough. Real tough. <laughs> Not going to agree with you there. Alrighty, Good news. To close out the show, yes, How often have you heard me talk about the national popular vote here on the show? Maybe a few times. (laughs) I am in full support of our electoral college. I'm in full support of it because it gives, it guarantees the states have a voice at the table. It guarantees the individual voice of the citizens of each state is still heard. If I didn't care about my voice, folks, I could live anywhere in this country or this world format for that say. But I care about my voice. You think when I moved to Arizona eight plus years ago, it might not have had something to do with the temperament, the personality of the state of Arizona. I love that we have horses. I love that we have a desert. I love that we have mountains. I love that we have lakes. I love that we get to go out and look at our big cactuses out out on the drives. I'm glad that we have a Second Amendment that is protected. And I'm glad that, well, the rights of the citizens seem to be protected. We are one of the most best liberty-loving free will states in this nation. But the national popular vote would get rid of it and have the wolves telling the sheep what's for dinner. Not cool in my mind. Anyway, Nevada governor vetoed their bill for the national popular vote. Why? Because the governor said that he needed to make sure that Nevada's voice was heard. And with a national popular vote, it wouldn't be. Why is this significant, folks? It's a Democratic governor. Yes. A democratic governor. Huge. Our messaging is getting out. Our messaging is getting out. The strong warriors out there, their messaging is getting out. I'd like to hope that the good work that myself and Bob Hathorn have put towards our presentations around Arizona have helped guide some people. Anyway, that's just good news I wanted to finish the show off with. I really do appreciate each and every one of you listening in. Reach out to me at alexatcab.vet, c-a-v.vet. With any questions, I answer them, folks. But thank you again for being here. God bless each and every one of you. And God bless these United States of America. Join us
0: again next week for more national discussion with your host, Alex Molesky.